The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit. And Roster brought to you by SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all of our contest info exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, Make sure to check out our live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday February 6th, currently 11.09 on the East Coast. Here to recap the action in the NBA from the weekend. Pretty quiet weekend, I would say, in the NBA. But also breaking down the games here for the Monday schedule. And joining me, you guys know him as the villain of the show, the superstar of the show. It's my brother, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Moonoff, what's going on? Having a good one. We we've got a lot to discuss today. It, it, it's a lot that I'm I'm trying to get off. So this what's going is, on, everybody? It is going to be. It might turn into a two three hour pod, but um, yeah. Look, it, it's going to be a big week here in the NBA. Obviously, with the trade deadline going, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, off on Thursday. We already had a big trade uh, that went down over the weekend. So, Terrell, let's just dive right into it, my man. Um, so on Friday we got the news from um, the uh, from Shams and Woj that Kyrie Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's fast forward to the actual trade of ha- what happened, and we'll discuss why it happened and how it happened because I think you, myself, and Scott, we were you know talking a lot about this offline over the weekend as to why at, at this juncture of the season or at this point why Kyrie Irving made that trade. I think you have more insight about this uh, than I think, you know, what of, of the people that you've talked to. But um, mm-hmm. so Friday, we got the uh, request uh, from Kyrie Irving from the Brooklyn Nets to be traded. Fast forward to, I believe, yesterday on Sunday, Kyrie Irving gets traded to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Now, the actual trade is going to be Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris headed to the Dallas Mavericks and the, the Brooklyn Nets in return are receiving Spencer Didwitty, Dorian Finney-Smith, mm-hmm. 2027 second-round draft pick, and then in 2029, they're receiving a first-round draft pick, which is unprotected, and also in that same draft in 2029, a second-round draft pick. Um, Terrell, let's go back to Friday with the trade request that was made by Kyrie Irving, and I'm going to let you take the floor here, man. What were your thoughts uh, and as and you wanted to tell our listeners why this transpired for Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so I've talked to uh, some people that know people into the organization, so I can 
I won't say that I am a direct source. I have a direct source. I have a secondary source. That player has talked to this person who has then passed the information on to me. And basically, you know, this is not, I'm not going to sit and spill anything that has not been out in the public. I can just tell you that the perception is that Kyrie just left because he wanted to leave and that Kyrie is just a cancer and all that. I will say the Brooklyn Nets front office completely dropped the ball. They dropped the ball and I think ultimately got what they wanted, which is they didn't want to go through the rest of this year with Kyrie. But the the sentiments that everybody's out here saying that, oh, Kyrie just got up and left because he wanted to leave. No, Kyrie wanted to resign with the team. That is something that he wanted to do. And of the information that I have that is public, I can confirm that the championship clause is true in the contract. And that is partially part of the reason the contract was just a terrible contract that no agent would allow their player to sign at all. And all of the different clauses were not anything indicative of what you would see in an NBA contract. So the championship clause was one where if, if the Brooklyn Nets did not win a championship that season of, you know, that year of the contract, then he would not get his guaranteed money. Right. And so right. that along with other things is why Kyrie did not sign the extension and why Kyrie said, Hey, you might want to trade me because I'm leaving in the offseason. I'm not resigning with you if that's the terms. So that is the everything behind the Kyrie Irving fiasco. It's over the contract. It's nothing about the money. He doesn't care about the money. Money is fine. It's the fact that what money he was going to get was going to be taken away from him if the Brooklyn Nets did not win a championship, if there were some other quotas that were not met that were completely unrealistic for any NBA player, let alone Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? So I think that, you know, when we were talking offline about this over the weekend, it's that a lot of times we see player contracts that winning a championship or not even, yeah, winning a championship, making the all star team, uh, whether it's in any sport, whether you're making an all pro first team, or whether it's, um, you know, incentives. And we talk a lot about this in the NFL as well as like meeting milestones, right? But mm-hmm. those are incentives that are in contracts. It's not for those players to trigger guaranteed money in a contract because yeah it's you pretty see, standard right? i mean look at patrick mahomes right now patrick mahomes has an incentive that if they win the championship he will get extra money right like that is yeah. an incentive he already gets the money that he is owed exactly he gets something else if they win the super bowl that is a championship clause that you have in contracts if you win yeah. a championship you will get a bonus you bonus. do not get money taken away from you because you don't get a championship and that's ultimately the deal that they wanted Kyrie to sign they wanted him to sign a deal where if they do not win the championship they will take money from him and again putting a championship on one player and then your secondary player at that because I I love Kyrie Irving as a player I think he's a fantastic player you cannot sit here and tell me that he's not one of the most skilled offensive players ever to play the game he absolutely is there is no way that you can put on one player that is their fault that they didn't win a championship. And ultimately, that's what they were trying to do with the contract. That's why Kyrie said, no, I'm not signing that. That's why his agent did not allow him to sign that. And that yeah. is why he requested the trade and at least gave Brooklyn the opportunity to get something in return because he knew he was leaving a free agency because of that deal. Yeah, and I think what, what you know, casual fans or people – 
just basketball fans kind of follow the the Kyrie Irving story, what kind of transpired over the last season with, and you know we don't we don't need to get into into that because again we're a gambling pod. We talk about stuff that's happening on the court about how you know he missed time for personal reasons and all the uh, anti-vax stuff and all that stuff. People think that that was one of the reasons that Nets put this type of stipulation into his deal, if that makes sense, right? But I, I think that when you kind of step back and look at it. We none of that was going on this season. He showed up at all. He showed up and did what he was supposed to do. If you sit here, even if you don't believe the mental health stuff that and I can't sit here and tell you what was going on with Kyrie's mental when he said he needed to take personal time away from the team. Sure. I can't tell you what was going on. I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate. He said his mental health. I'm going to believe his mental health because I'm a mental health advocate. Right. The anti-vax stuff. it, It feels like that because there was that clause in New York. That's why it was an issue because right. there's, there's players all around the league that are not vaccinated. Yeah. They just came out last week. I believe it was maybe two, maybe two, maybe three weeks ago, something about that where they were brought up again, that Aaron Rodgers was unvaxxed and, and they were, you know, making all these cases that, yeah. Hey, he really needed to stay unvaxxed. It was not good for him. They were basically copping out saying he, he needed to be unvaccinated and he received no backlash because guess what? Football was an outdoor sport. And they said that if you're unvaccinated, you could still play. If yeah. they said that Aaron Rodgers, because you're unvaccinated, you're not going to play. He would not have played because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Sure. So there's a level of there's a difference. And I want people to sit back and just really think about it. Why is there a difference between Kyrie being unvaxxed and all the outrage and everybody else being unvaxxed and nobody caring? Yeah. Um, so let, let's go back to the basketball conversation. Anything else that you want to add before we actually discuss the trade that went from Kyrie from Brooklyn to Dallas? No, that's really it. I think that okay. I just have a platform and I have the yeah. ability to share what I know about the situation, at least sure. what I can and not give out any extra information, but just yeah. open the door and allow people to see the reports that are actually true. And the part, mm-hmm. the partial story that the media tells in a lot of these situations, it, yeah. I understand in the past, all the backlash that Kyrie has gotten. I completely understand it. Yeah. This right here, this situation right here was on the next front office. Yeah, and I think we saw also reports that came out after the trade actually happened. I think later in the afternoon yesterday, or even last night, that Joe Sy didn't want the Nets owner, didn't want Kyrie to end up in L.A., which was his preferred destination. Yeah. And, and and I've been an advocate of this idea. He just wants to re- get put to L.A. or play with Bill Braun or whatever the case might be. That's just They turned down opinion. a better deal from, from L.A. and from, like, not yeah. even just the Lakers, the cl- from, not uh, the Clippers, Suns. but from the Suns. Yeah. The Suns both offered multiple first-round picks, multiple first-round picks. Suns even offered Chris Paul. Like, yeah. if you get Chris Paul with KD, you're still in championship contention this year. Yeah. And so they turned down putting Kyrie in what they felt like was a better situation for him to put him in a situation that they think, you know, potentially isn't going to work out for him. And they know he's not going to resign there. Like I think it's a fairly it's a rental. known knowledge to everybody, including Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, that yeah. Kyrie is not going to resign there. Yeah. So like, now let's actually talk about the trade over to Dallas, right? He heads over to Dallas. Now he's paired with Luca, a uh, top five player in this league. I don't think that's a debate here. Um, I, for one, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure if it's going to work out. Whether it is because again, it's, it's a rental piece that you know he, he's going to be there for 
We're, we're but in terms of this again. season, do you think it works yeah, yeah. this season? I, I don't think it will because I think both these guys are ball-dominant players now. I, I think mm. the Kyrie's going to have to be the one that's going to take a back seat um, to Luka. And, but I, I think this the, – really? the, now the pressure is going to have to be on Jason Kidd, right, to figure out rotations because we've seen Luka pretty much plays a whole first quarter. You're probably going to now see Kyrie start the game. He probably comes out around six – five to six minutes left in the first quarter, and then he leads that second group, start to start that second quarter where Luca is probably getting his rest. I think that's where – I think that's what Jason Kidd should do. Um, but, again, this now becomes one of the more dynamic backcourts in the Western Conference because we've talked about this a lot throughout the years in the Western Conference about the dynamic backcourts, right? We talk about mm-hmm. the Splash Brothers with the Golden State Warriors, uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker when those guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um so I think now with, with Kyrie Irving and and Luke, and, and you hit the nail on the head, that when Kyrie is on the floor playing basketball, he's one of my favorite players to watch just because he's so yeah. gifted. His handles are probably the best in the league. Uh, he has, just has incredible finishes. We've seen that throughout his career. So what are your thoughts on him going over to Dallas and, again, being paired up with Luka now uh, to try and make a run to at least the Western Conference Finals, if not the, the NBA Finals? I couldn't disagree with you more, actually. Okay. I really don't. I think it works. I think it's fun. I think this is going to be a fun It'll Dallas be fun team for to watch. Sure, yeah. But it's going to it's going to work. What is the difference between Kyrie and Jalen Brunson last year? Other than Kyrie is a better player, there's no difference in that scheme. Like yeah. everybody keeps forgetting, and they were doing it this year with Spencer Dinwiddie. Everybody keeps forgetting that Jason Kidd has figured this out. He's figured this out, and it's the fact that I'm playing Luka Doncic off ball. I will, mm-hmm. I will play Luka Doncic off ball. Everybody keeps saying Luka is a do- ball-dominant person. No, he's ball-dominant because he doesn't have anybody else to give the ball to. Yeah. Like, he didn't have anybody else to give the ball to and make a play. Now he has Kyrie Irving next to him. So, yeah, I, yeah, Kyrie Irving I expect to see to be the main ball handler when Luka and Kyrie Irving are on the court. He's going to be the main ball handler, and Luka is going to be playing off ball. I think that this is a match made to happen because guess what? And I, I'm going to go ahead and answer this by T-Bills is that no way Kyrie's taking a backseat, simple as that. That's wrong. Kyrie's taking a backseat his entire career. Yeah. Like he took a backseat to two of the greatest players ever to play this game, and it worked It worked fine, and it worked even better with LeBron, who has a closer skill set to Luka than KD does. So Kyrie knows how to work with a star. He's done it. He's played with yeah. LeBron. He's played with KD. He knows how to play with stars. That happened. That is a fact. So I think that... In this situation now is, can Luca make the adjustment? And I think yeah. Luca will. I think he's going to be excited. Like, man, I don't have to take this many shots. Man, I yeah. don't have to do everything. I can actually defer to somebody else to take the last shot in the game. Or if I'm getting double teamed, I can get it to the ball to him and I can feel comfortable in that. Like, Luca is going to enjoy the opportunity to just take a little bit off his plate. Remember, he said he needs help. But I, so I think that that is... Jason, like everybody's like, Jason Kidd's got to figure it out. He already has it figured out because he figured it out with Jalen Brunson. And that's why Jalen Brunson got the deal he got with the New York Knicks is because Jason Kidd was able to highlight him as a ball handler and somebody to make decisions and Mm -hmm. allow Luka to play off ball and then allow Luka to get some more space. It's hard to get space when you're handling the ball and everybody's coming to you. Luka's able to play off ball, get a lot more space and open and work inside the post where people don't give Luka enough credit. He is a really, really great post player you can't work inside the post if you're bringing the ball up the court every single time so now he gets the opportunity to work in the post and go to work there 
I think that this is a great situation for the Dallas Mavericks where if they can get one more piece, if they mm-hmm. can get some another wing, if they can get Maxi Kleber back, somebody who is a big guy that can shoot the outside and you trust spot up three, if they can get Christian Wood back or move Christian Wood to bring somebody in. Yeah. I think that Dallas has a decent opportunity here because Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are so good and yeah. they already have the system laid out in front of you, which Jason Kidd has been showing you for about two years now. Yeah. And I think last season where is where we saw or since Jason Kidd took over that, how much of this defense improved. But I think the other side of it is now that does Dallas take a step back defensively with now Kyrie Irving and Luke in your backcourt that those both those guys may get torched, at least on the defensive side. I mean, in terms of the backcourt, I don't think so, because I, I don't think anybody sitting here and saying, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie was this lockdown defender that they're really going to sure. miss. Like, yeah. and, and the fact is that Kyrie Irving has taken a more of an interest defensively this side of the ball. Now, could that have been Jacques Vaughn or could that have been Kyrie Irving? We're going to see in the second half of the season. But he has taken more of an interest on this on the defensive side of the ball and made more strides defensively this year. So we'll see if that was Vaughn. We'll see if that's Kyrie actually buying into that, and we'll see if Jason Kidd can get them to buy into it. But for the most part, I I think everybody's just trying to make it seem like it's not going to work because it is Kyrie Irving, because you think they're two ball-dominant players. Mm -hmm. But I think that everybody needs to change the perception of ball-dominant. Just because you're a ball-dominant player, because you have to be, doesn't mean you want to be. And I don't think that's Luca's game. I don't think that's what Luca really, truly wants. I think he wants that to be in the best situation possible to go out there and get buckets and contribute to the team. And a lot of times that situation is off ball. And you can see the difference that it went in one year doing that. In one year in that system, they went from a team that was a first round out for multiple years in the playoffs to a Western Conference Finals team. And now your second ball handler is probably one of the best ball handlers in the league. So I I don't know. I think everybody's being really, really pessimistic about it, and I'm more optimistic about this pairing. Yeah, I think you're you're 100% correct that it's going to be more of an adjustment for Luka because he hasn't played with another superstar. I think the next closest guy, like you mentioned, probably was Jalen Brunson uh, for this Dallas Mavericks team. Um, And 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 the the best thing for them is that the wet – so I compared this to – Kawhi Leonard going to the Raptors. And the mm-hmm. reason I made that comparison is because one, you have a player that you almost positive is not going to resign with that team yep. who is a great talent. And you have a conference that is completely wide open yes. that year. The yep. East was complete wide open. There was no LeBron in the East That's that year. year. Yeah. LeBron left. Yep. And so there was no LeBron in the East that year. And everybody was sitting there and saying, all right, who's going to take over? Who's going to take over? Who's going to take over? And Kawhi found his niche and was able to get his team there. And ultimately win the championship. Yep. Now you have a situation where the West is wide open this year. Mm. Everybody said, everybody thinks that it's the Nuggets league, but I think for the most part, a lot of sharps, a lot of people that have been watching this are like, oh, okay, like the Nuggets are doing really, really good now, but what are they going to do in the playoffs? I posed the question earlier today. If Jokic does not make the NBA Finals this year, is that a stain on his legacy? Because he has one conference finals trip in the bubble, the only conference finals trip he had, and then you come back the next year and you get swept by the Suns in the semifinals and last year, you lose 4-1 to the Warriors in the first round. So that's the question. The West is wide open. You think that there's no team that is automatically in for it. You just assume it's going to be the Warriors because they have the pedigree. 
So mm-hmm. this is the perfect opportunity for the Mavericks where if they make one more move. I truly believe they need one more move before the deadline. If they make one more move and bring in a yeah. nice wing player, a wing defender, some a three and D type of guy, maybe like a even like a Robert Covington type of guy, like some three and D type of person, and they can definitely make strides to taking and going on a run. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're not done making moves yet. Uh, we already seen this morning that they're maybe trying to move Christian Wood as well. But we'll see as as we next, we're just getting started uh, with this week for the NBA trade deadline. Uh, Terrell, anything else for the Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks trade before we actually get into the games here for tonight? Well, let's. I mean, uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not really too interested in talking. You could, if you want to talk Brooklyn Nets side of it. I don't really have too too much interest. I think it's just like you know they got what they could, and it's yeah. going to be on Ky- on KD when they get back. Mm-hmm. But the outlook is pretty much the same. That we think that they're a playoff team that's not going to win the championship. Yeah, is there any so. is there any futures bets that you're placing now on Nets or Dallas side of the ball? I'm not. I think for for the Brooklyn Nets, it might might now just be where I think KD stays for the rest of the season. But when it gets to the off season, that I think that trade request that he made prior to the season starting that that you know comes about again, and that he may be mm-hmm. on the move, or who even knows that as soon as we probably get done recording this pod that Kevin Durant has requested a trade uh, mm-hmm. to move to another organization. We already saw, you know, I think Chris Haynes of um, Chris Haynes, I'm sorry, um, reported that if Ky- or sorry, if Kevin Durant is available, that Phoenix Suns are already to uh, give a package uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Kevin Durant. But again, I think that with him, with the injury, and and I think he'll play it out this season, see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I'm not interested right now in seeing. Um, or making any futures bet on either one of those teams. I am very curious. Again, I will be watching Dallas Mavericks uh, games to see how mm-hmm. how dynamic of this backcourt can be with Luka and Kyrie Irving, though. Any thoughts for you on futures? Yeah, I will take a future on, let's see. Division here. odds. Division odds are for, they are plus 550. Memphis is minus 550. They do have some ground to make up if they were to catch up to Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's – I would be interested. I actually would be interested. I looked at that 550 and really, really thought hard about it. But I'm I'm going to just go for the one that nobody wants to place. I, I'll take finals. it. Not even finals. I'll, Western Conference. You just get, to, get there. Get to the finals. Because yeah. we sit here and we look at this Dallas team and they were a Western Conference finals team. I know everybody's going to sit here and try to tell me that, uh, and I see it in the comments actually, that uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was this great defender and they're really going to miss him and all this stuff. Dorian Finney-Smith was a good defender, but at the end of the day, he now come on, he's not defensive of the year, defensive player of the year candidate. Like, please don't try to sell me on that. You're not going to sell me on that bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, he is a player defensively that can be replaced. He 100% can be replaced, and that's why they were fine trading him because he's a defensive player that can be replaced. So, like I said, I feel like if they make the move, if they make another move, these odds are going up. But I think that at the end of the day, I have Luka Doncic in the playoffs, and now I have a secondary player that I know can help carry him. Yeah. Regardless of, I think that they need more of a bitch presence, and we'll see mm-hmm. if they get it. But regardless, I know what Luka can do in the playoffs. He willed his team single-handedly to the Western Conference Finals. I know what Luka can do in the playoffs. So if you don't trust Kyrie Irving, you don't like Kyrie Irving, all of that, that's fine. 
But look at Luka Doncic and look at what Luka Doncic has been able to do in the playoffs. He's he's like that. Like he is him. He's able to go off in the playoffs. Yeah. So if I'm looking at Luka Doncic on the other side of court me in the playoffs, I'm going to be a little bit nervous. And now guess what? Kyrie's taking intention off of him. He may go even more crazy. And then you got Kyrie Irving to, on the other side of him that can take over when he is doesn't have it going that night. So yeah. I think that Western Conference Finals, I would have loved to get this before the trade, but 7-1 right now, there's a lot, you know, Denver, however people may feel about Denver. Some people feel like Denver is the best team in the league and they're uh, going to win the championship this year. I don't believe it. I'm not going to trust somebody that's never been able to show me that they can even get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Clippers, yeah. when they're healthy, Clippers are formidable if they're healthy. Yeah. Grizzlies haven't been there. Mark them. Yeah. Grizzlies, I love them. They haven't gotten there before. Warriors, the only team that I think really you can sit here and say they have what it takes to go to the finals. They've been there before. No matter what they do in the regular season, when they get to the playoffs, they are always dangerous. Yep. And then you have Dallas, and Phoenix is right back behind them at 8-1. to one, And I wouldn't even mind Phoenix when Devin Booker comes back. So I don't think it's too many worse bets than Dallas just because of the fact that when you look at the field, it's open and – Anything can put one team over the, over the top over another. Like I, I truly think that this is going to be a fun Western Conference uh, playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, take a look right now. Just by standings right now, three through thirteen are separated by only five games. And I think that you know we talked about the Dallas Mavericks futures. Um, I would I would get down on those division odds. They're only four and a half games back. Um, yeah, Memphis, like that's doable. That is doable. Yeah. And Memphis has lost eight of the last nine games. I know they're dealing with guys being in another lineup but i don't think like you talked about dallas is done making moves i think that maybe a christian wood type of trade may be in the works or, or i think they still add a, another piece or like we said a three three or d guy and max when max cleaver comes back i think he should be inserted into the starting lineup yeah just he's, a, he's a big shooting. guy that can rebound the basketball yep. shooting on the outside for those two to help them out i mean i don't i just kyrie irvin luka Doncic. Tim Hardaway Jr., that sounds like a really good three to build the rest of your team around. But Dallas cannot remain quiet at the rest of this deadline. I think they absolutely positively have to go get a player or grab somebody on the buyout market. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, we'll put a lid on that. I know there's going to be a lot more trades that are happening. Hopefully we can do a special recap show. Uh, either on Thursday evening uh, for you guys, uh, you know, go as more trades do transpire, uh, hopefully on Thursday in the association. Uh, we do have games tonight. And before we get into those, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Uh, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. Uh, aka win bets, build your own bet. The big game is here, and win bet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now over at win bet. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a thousand dollar free credit from win bet. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET. Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 20 words or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 
And SGP will be doing their live shows in Phoenix leading up to the big game. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGPS, SGP's live show at Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. The show is free, and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with both Sean and Ryan. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. All right, Terrell, let's get into the schedule here, my man, for uh, Monday here. Let's lead it off here with the first game on the board. That's going to be the Boston Celtics in Detroit here tonight to take on the Pistons. Uh, this is going to be a six, sorry, a seven o'clock Eastern start. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Boston Celtics open up as a 11 point road favorite here. That number has pretty much taken the course at minus 11. Total up and about 229 and a half. That number's now been bet up to 231. Excuse me. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Boston Celtics, pretty clean injury report. Marcus, Marcus Smart uh, continues to be out with a right ankle sprain. For the Detroit Pistons, uh, Marvin Bagley it continues to be out, and Isaiah Stewart is officially questionable here tonight with a le- uh, left hip soreness. So they may be down a big man in this game against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Tara, I probably know where you're going with this game, but Boston is a 11 point road favorite here tonight in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Detroit. <laughs> but this is this is not actually a game where I'm just not betting it because I don't want to bet the Celtics side. It's that I truly think Detroit will cover this number if not win outright. Yeah, and I mean it's, it's, it's a big number. Yeah, it's a it's a large number, and actually it's kind of hilarious because both of these two teams' last game was against the Suns at home, and both of them took L's. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the issue here is that one, it's a large number. Celtics haven't covered eleven in Detroit since 2018. They haven't covered that number. They actually have home losses against Detroit in that span. Detroit pl- plays them hard. For whatever reason, Detroit always plays the Celtics hard when they come to town. And maybe it's some of that, you know, old past rivalry flair when you talk about the bad boys era and the Celtics going back mm-hmm. and forth back then and all of that. And maybe it's a little bit of those ghosts coming into the organization and telling them, hey, this is the game that you get up for of all games. This is the one. But – Ultimately, I, I think that this is a weird point in time for the Boston Celtics. We're still trying to figure some things out. Like every team has that point in the season where things get a little rough. You may have people that are injured. You may have people that are disgruntled, especially during play uh, during trade the deadline season. Players mm-hmm. just aren't themselves. And so I think that that's kind of one of the stretches that the Boston Celtics are going on right now where they're just kind of not playing their brand of basketball. And I think that this Detroit team, one, scrappy, very, very scrappy in terms of going out as young guys and proving themselves. And this is the chance to prove yourself against the number one team in the East to go out there and say, hey, we can keep this close if not win this game outright. We deserve to be in this league. We des- We know that when we have everybody back talking about Kate Cunningham, when we can put all the pieces together, we can be a good team in this league. And so we also have Detroit and them getting double digit favorites. That's been a really good uh, play. It's been a little off recently, but it's been a good play over the most part of the season Mm -hmm. and them covering a lot of numbers as a double digit underdog. I said favorite earlier, but as an underdog, this feels like a good spot where everybody thinks Boston's going to bounce back because while that game was not, in score like a blowout 
that sells that Suns game was a blowout and it was very embarrassing for the Boston Celtics. Everybody thinks this is a bounce back game, but I think we and the Sharps, well, I hope we, but I and the Sharps back in Detroit in this one. I like Detroit plus yeah, I'm there with you, man. sprinkle on the money line. Yeah, I'm there with you. I think this is just too big of a number. And again, against the spread, the Boston Celtics haven't been impress- that impressive. I mean, they're right around 500. They're 13 and 13 on the road. They're 11 and 12 as road favorites. Uh, Detroit, again, like you mentioned, they are a feisty bunch, right? I think they find ways to still be in games. Um, they coming. I know, like you mentioned, Boston coming off. I think that was a big letdown spot for Boston as well, right after that game. Uh, where they think they blew the doors out of uh, God, yep. who did they play? Was it the Brooklyn? Nets. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know Phoenix comes back in and gets the upset victory there uh, against the Boston Celtics. But you know, take a look at this Detroit team. I mean, like you mentioned, they have guys that they're they're young guys. They're hungry, right? They they have something to prove being in this league. And just eleven right now is just I think it's just too big of a number right now for the Boston Celtics to cover on the road here. So I will take Boston. Sorry, the Detroit Pistons with you uh, on the spread here. Uh, at 11 uh let's get over to the total here terrell that number is currently sitting at 231 um kind of just took the trends here i think it's a clash of 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 where the trends are as far as the total goes boston on the road this season 17 8 and 1 towards the under while detroit has been one of the better teams maybe not as of late um to the over at home 15 10 and 1 uh but what are your thoughts on the total here yeah i i think i'm going to the over And it's more of actually Pistons have been playing a lot better defensively recently. Mm -hmm. 115.2 points per game. That's 15th in NBA. That's actually pretty good for them. And then you have Boston, who's still been what they've been. And defensively, it's 108.2. But I I expect to see both of these teams trying to run. And I think that the Pistons are going to take it to the last year's Eastern Conference champs. Like, I think they're going to take it to them. And they're going to say, I don't care how good you are defensively. I don't care what you're going to do. We're going to go and we're going to attack you inside the paint. We're going to attack you on the outside where you are um, where, where you are struggling a little bit this season. And so, yeah, I, I think the Pistons are, are going to bring the fight to them. Like, I think this is an ultimate get-up spot. You're playing the number one team in the East and I think in the league, honestly, I think they have a better, a slightly better record than the Nuggets. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah they've lost one right. less game. So mm-hmm. same amount of wins, one less loss. So win percentage is slightly better. You're taking it to one of the best teams. And as a young team, as young players in the league, as a lot of players on that team also trying to say that, hey, I need to secure my job for not only this season, but for the next season as well, because nothing else is ever guaranteed. So everybody needs that kind of statement game. And it feels like this is one where the Pistons just get up for it. So, yeah, yeah I think I offensively, think I-, I think offensively, everything's going to click. And then I don't think yeah. the Celtics are going to get blown out the water. Like, I think they're going to be able to come and match them point for point two. Yeah, I think that I think both offenses will be on display here. I kind of do like the first half over more in this game. Um, I think that Boston does come out, you know, playing with an edge just because of their previous loss against the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think there are some matchups that Boston can exploit, but I think that we've seen it a lot of times where Boston lets other teams back in the game. Um, and, And I think Detroit can definitely backdoor this number and keep it within uh, definitely within 10 as we kind of get towards that late uh, late fourth quarter and get that uh, cover. But I'm, I like the first half over in this game uh, between the Celtics and the Pistons. Uh, player props, if anything you're looking at in this game here, Terrell? Uh, no, I really didn't have too, too much written down prop-wise. I think that it's going to be points, so I like to see 
uh, Jay and Ivy have a really, really good game today. And mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, Bogdanovich, his name is still in the trade conversations. Like, it I is. think he's still I think he's still going to be able to go off. And, and they want to showcase him. Like, they want to prove if you can go out here and drop 20-plus, even 30-plus on one of the best defenses in the league and defending Eastern Conference champions – that's going to that's gonna make other teams realize, all right, maybe we do want to drop this first. Now, I'm a proponent that picks don't matter in the NBA, and you should say fuck them picks whenever available <laughs> and build your best available team now to go win the championship. So uh, I think that there's an opportunity for Bogdanovich here to really showcase himself against this Celtics team. So I like Bogdanovich points over for this one. I think that's probably going to – I'm probably going to ladder him today just saying that he's going to have that highlight game against one of the best teams in the East to say – hey, this is me going off, and the Celtics haven't really seen too, too much of him over the course of his career because he's been in the Western Conference. I think I'm going to go back to the well here for myself with Jalen Dern rebounds here. Um, uh, We did mention that Isaiah Stewart is questionable here tonight. I think that Mm -hmm. if he's not able to play, that Jalen Dern should get the bulk of the rebounds. Um, Two previous matchups already this season, he's had double-digit rebounds in, in both of those games. Um, against the Celtics, um, that was back on in November. Actually, he had 12 and 10. Currently, seeing yeah. his number listed at nine and a half here tonight, I think he can definitely get into double digits. I know he hasn't done it over the last uh, several games, uh, but I think that an area that the Boston Celtics do cover is keeping big men off the glass. And I think that Jalen Durant should be able to get into double digit rebounds here tonight against the Boston Celtics. Cue to X Files music. I think that Isaiah Stewart sits. Nerlens Noel is the backup, mm-hmm. and he at least, at the very least, clears his rebounds and points props, but ultimately gets a double double because his name has popped up recently in trade talks as well. And teams are taking a look at bringing him on as a backup center. So okay. uh, let's let's just say, you know, oh, Stewart, you're a little hurt. All right, just it's fine. Just sit because we need teams to remember that Nerlens Noel is pretty good, so we can get the most for him. So a little little X Files conspiracy theory there, but don't be surprised if Nerlens Noel just has a game out of nowhere today. Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised if we see a lot of these role players or guys that are on the bench having big games or playing excessive minutes, at least till Thursday, uh, yeah. that they may want to trade And here. Celtics, historically, over the past few years, been really, really, you know, struggling against the center position. So could be a good spot. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game here, Terrell. On the schedule, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they are going to be tr- – uh, Heading, I'm sorry, to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Cleveland Cap- Cavaliers open up as a two and a half point uh, road favorite here. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus two and a half. Total up at about 221. That's been bet up a tick to 221 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, Cleveland not yet once submitted because they did play yesterday. I believe Donovan Mitchell should be back for this game. I think he only had a one-game suspension uh, that he served yesterday. For the Washington Wizards, um, Bradley Beal is questionable here tonight. Kyle Kuzma is going to be out for this game. He has a left ankle sprain. Um, and that is pretty much a significant injuries here for the uh, Washington Wizards. Um, Terrell, minus two and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers here tonight in the nation's capital. What do you think about this game? 
I'm I'm gonna go, you know, a little football handicapping. Take the uh take the two and a half, take the two and a half little football handicapping there. I'm on the Wizards. I think that this is a good bounce back spot for the Wizards, especially after completely blowing that game against the Nets. And if you look at how this team is made up against this Cleveland team, they can really, really effectively take Jared Allen out of the game by doing what they always do, which is pulling Chris Asperzingas to the perimeter. Like if you pull him to the perimeter, you're effectively you're getting rid of one or the other because either Mobley or Allen is going to have to guard him. Like nobody else is going to guard him out on the perimeter. So it's either going to be Mobley or Allen. So getting one of those two outside of the paint means a lot. Like that means a lot. Now you got a one-on-one matchup with whoever, and you can have opportunity to clean up on the boards and limit their production defensively and on uh, on the glass. So I think that this that's a really good scheme wise for the Wizards. Wizards still a really really good defense, like uh, seventh in the NBA last five games, one twelve point two points per game. We don't know who the best defender is on that team, but they're all playing defense pretty well. So I uh, really like what Wes Unseld is doing coaching that team. Cavs still not a big proponent of them on the road. They've been a lot better recently on the road, so I give them that much. Still not the biggest proponent of them on the road. I think that with Bradley Beal in the lineup, now I'm not taking this stop Bradley Beal because I think Beal. Uh, is due for a good scoring day. And I think this is a a matchup going up against Garland and uh, Donovan Mitchell that he can have a pretty solid game. And and again, if you get one of those two outside of the paint, it opens things up going to the rim a lot more. So I think the Wizards schematically, even with Kuzma out, they can still be in this game and have a pretty good look at getting a win at home here. So I'll take the home dog in the Wizards. Yeah, I've usually been, a, a, at least this season, uh, where the Cavs had a lot more success at home this season. And and they haven't been very good on the road like they are here tonight against the Wizards. 10-15-2 against the spread. They're only 7-8-2 uh, against the spread as a road favorite, which right now they are at minus 2.5. But I think for me, yeah, gun to my head, I would take the Wizards. But I think my more favorite play in this game is probably the under. Um mm-hmm. In this game, Cleveland on back-to-back games here uh, this season, 6-2 and two to the under. Kind of take a look at what they've done as away favorites. Uh, they're 10-7 and seven, uh, towards the under. Uh, and then just in road games overall, they're 16-11, and 11, close to 60% towards the under. Um, so far this season, they're only averaging about 109 points per game uh, on the road so far this season are the Cleveland Cavaliers. And maybe a little uh, the wizards are a little compromised here tonight again like i mentioned Beal is mm-hmm. questionable kyle kuzma is going to be out but mm-hmm. i think like you, what you mentioned there with the matchups as well that if evan mobley's going to be you know getting pulled out to guard uh kp i think there's going to be more pressure on him to score mobley we know is a pretty good defender um and again daniel gafford inside against uh jared allen i think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch as well mm-hmm. so i think my more favorite play in this game is the under here Terrell, you have any thoughts on the total uh, no, I like it. You put some really good points. I really didn't have a lean one side or the other, but you made some really good points to the under. And the only thing that I would sit here and say is that there is some line movement to the over. But other than that, I, I like your handicap of the under there. Uh, player props, if anything? Um, Porzingis. I think Porzingis. He's yeah. been going crazy. He's been going crazy yeah. recently. He really has. And so I'm thinking it's threes today. I think okay. it's threes because I think that they're really going to utilize him out on the perimeter. There's no way that you want him. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to use those words. All right. So there's no way you want him down low with uh, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. You know, you, you want him to pull one of those guys outside of the paint. 
And so I think that his three-pointers is a really good look today. Yep, I agree. Um, he's at 24 and a half here tonight. Not anything else that I really liked as far as player props in this game. So let's just move it along here. We'll go over to the next game of the night. And that is going to be between the L.A. Clippers and uh-huh. the um, Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get that banner up. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Clippers open up as a six-point favorite. Uh, the number actually actually has been bet up. Money has come in on the uh, Clippers here tonight. That number's up to minus eight. Mm-hmm. Do see some minus seven and a halves out there, which is currently over on win bet. Total is at 218. Money on the over here tonight as well. Uh, that number is at 220 and a half uh, for the total. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, Clippers pretty healthy. This is probably the... Uh, the healthiest they've probably been. John Wall is the only one that's going to be out for this game. So mm-hmm. everybody else is a go. For the Brooklyn Nets, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant are all out, obviously. And then uh, Ben Simmons is officially questionable here tonight with left knee soreness. And then TJ Warren is probable here tonight for the Brooklyn Nets with a left shin contusion. So I'll start with the side here. Clippers minus eight in Brooklyn here tonight, taking on the Nets. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Are we thinking too hard about this one? Is this the one that we just we just sit here and say, all right, it's gonna be, it's gonna be all Clippers in this game? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had a pretty solid. Now, the only concern about that is trusting the Clippers to actually close a game out. And mm-hmm. as you can see, the Nets are fully capable of closing games out, <laughs> even without Kyrie Irving, uh, especially with that debacle that was against the Washington Wizards. I am hesitant to sit here and say that this is even close. I'm, I guess that if I had a play, I'd just probably take the Clippers in the first half. I think that the Clippers should come in here, a team that is looking to string together a bunch of wins and finish this road trip off and handle business. They see everything going on in the news. They even know that they were in contender. Like they were a contender for Kyrie Irving. They felt like they put together a decent package. I don't think they did, but they felt like they put together a decent package in there. I think it was Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard and a pick. I don't know where that pick came from. I don't know what pick they actually are holding on to. And maybe that's something somebody can look up and tell me. What pick do they actually have that they didn't give up? (laughs) Like, I didn't even know they had a pick to give up, but apparently they had a first-round pick to give up, so they had that offer in there. So I I think this all Clippers tonight. I really do. Yeah, I, I think this is the spot here for the Clippers. I think this was probably the first bet I made um, this morning was um, the Clippers here tonight. Uh, the, so the actual trade package for Kyrie they offered was Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, one future first-round pick, and then two first-round pick swaps. With, but it doesn't tell me. Pick swaps? Like, what picks, picks do you have to swap? What <laughs> picks do you have to swap? It's not about pick swaps. and pick. Are these, like, 23? And this is why I say. 2031. This is why I say that picks don't fucking matter. They truly don't matter. I don't care. The only teams that picks matter to are the bottom of the barrel teams who are trying to build an organization by drafting somebody good. But all these other good teams that are already in championship contention and you just need a piece, you're not going to just go out there and draft some rookie player and he's going to have a big impact and you're going to go win a championship. Look at the Warriors last year and drafting Wiseman. Wiseman really, really didn't have that big of a role on that championship team at all. Yeah. No, none of these contenders care about these picks, man. So if they got picks, great. Get rid of them. But I don't know what picks they have because 
for in this trade, the Nets got a 2029 pick. And by the time 2029 gets here, I'm going to be your age, Munoff. <laughs> yeah, Clippers on the road, I'll say this. I mean, they have been a lot better. They're 17 and 14 against spread, 9 and 7 mm-hmm. as a road favorite so far this season. I think this might be just a game for the um, for the Brooklyn Nets where the, they might just be outclassed with, with just a better roster on the other side with, with the Clippers. I mean, look, the Brooklyn Nets fought the other night, especially without Kyrie. Uh, but I just think this can be a spot for the Clippers to just come out of here and take care of business um, and get a victory here against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Any thoughts on the total here tonight, Tro? Total sitting at, what'd you say? Is it, I think it's uh, 220. Let me double check here. I think I said 220. Um, yeah, 220 and a half. Starting to see some 221s out there. Opened at 218. Oh, really? It's gone up. Um, and I think that Clippers, because uh, they're on the road, um, they have been an over team on the road, nine, mm-hmm. 19 and 12 overall towards the over, nine and six as road underdogs, and 10 and six as road favorites to the over. Yeah, and that's been really, really bad defensively, too. One of the worst defensive teams over the past five games. And I don't think that changes now uh, at all. So, uh, Maybe a Clippers team total over. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what I'm going to get from the Nets today because we've seen the Nets not have anybody and go win a game in Indiana. I think they did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Clippers could – I mean, not the Clippers. The Nets could very well shock us today. And if I – moving on from that, I'm taking a team total. If I had to bet a, a side, I'd probably take the over and just say that the Nets show up somewhat. But – in terms of player props, I mean, oh, Cam Thomas is going to be so heavily bet this game. Like, yeah. he, everybody's going to be on him after a 40, 44, getting 44 off the bench. Everybody's going to be betting on him this game. I think that I really want to go TJ Warren because it looks like he's going to suit up. I yeah, really want to go TJ Warren today. For uh, me, it's either, it's either, they ain't got, uh, it's Warren or Sumner for me. Okay. Sumner, just because you, you think of the history of the Clippers, they've really struggled against the point guard position. I think they're actually better this year, mm. but just overall, they that's been a tough position for them to guard. And they're still giving up like some 20-something points to that position. So while there's some of the better players in, the, in the, some of the better teams in terms of guarding the point guard position, I still think that there's an opportunity for Sumner to just go in there and have a good game. And he's shown us that he can have good games when everybody else is out of the lineup. But he's kind of a guy that people are sleeping on, not really paying too much attention to. So like, give me Sumner. I, I really like Sumner to take a flyer on him and just say, hey, somebody's got to have a good game if we're just going to X out Cam Thomas. Now, it could very well be Cam again. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to X them out because that's probably going to be the public side of what everybody's expecting and you're trying to look for somebody that nobody's really expecting, then I think that you do have a really good opportunity for Sumner, for TJ Warren, for O'Neal to get a lot of assists and just start facilitating the offense like that. If Ben Simmons doesn't play, I love points, rebounds, or even rebounds and assists for uh, Royce O'Neal today yeah. because he's going to facilitate the offense. That's what yeah. he's been doing all year. Even with Kyrie and Katie in the lineup, he's been a little bit of a facilitator. So I like him. Yeah, that's, that's a good call there for for uh, Royce O'Neal here tonight. Um, I was probably just looking at some rebounding props, whether it's Nick Claxton or Zubac here tonight. Um, it's going to be a good teams, matchup. 
Yeah, they, they did match up earlier this year uh, back on November 12th. In that game, Claxton had a double-double, 13 points, 14 rebounds. I think mm-hmm. Subach had a, I won't say a 15-rebound game here against the Nets uh, in that matchup. So both centers, yeah, he had 16 points and 15 rebounds in Zubach. He also had five turnovers in that game. So maybe, you don't know, if you want to take a look at uh, turnovers for Zubach here tonight. But those are two. Especially how Claxton's been looking. playing defensively. Like, yeah. not even just, it's not just blocks. Like, he's been active defensively, so he can Force the ball out of his hands a couple times, maybe. Yeah, I want to see what his steals and uh, blocks were in that game. Yeah, he had three blocks and one steal in that game. And currently, let's see here before we move on. Um, blocks and steals tonight for Claxton. Uh, two and a half at minus 155. So the market has already adjusted for that. Uh, anything else for this game, uh, Terrell? No, but the Clippers should be very disappointed in their performance if they don't bury the Nets by 20 today. Yeah, I agree. All right, next game on the board, it's going to be, excuse me, the San Antonio Spurs headed to Chicago to take on the Bulls here tonight. Uh, Looking at the opening line for this game, the Chicago Bulls opened up as a nine and a half point road favorite, sorry, home favorite. The number's now been bet up to 10. Do see some 10 and a halves popping up. Well, I saw 11 before we started this show. I saw 11s out there. Yeah, I see one 11 out there. I think there's some money. No, it's come down. It's come down. So I saw 11s at almost every book, and now I'm seeing a lot of 10 and a halves and some 10s, honestly. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's look at the injury report because I think that's what's really making this line a little bit inflated. For the San Antonio Spurs, uh, Kelvin Johnson questionable here tonight, and Trey Jones is also questionable here tonight. Guys that are officially mm-hmm. out for this game uh, for the Spurs, Romeo Langford, Jeremy Sohan, uh, Devin Vassell are all going to be out. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, Alex Caruso is questionable here tonight, and let's see, Patrick Williams is going to be probable tonight with the right ankle sprain. Um, Bulls, let's just call it 10 right now is what I'm seeing consensus. Uh, currently over on win bet is also minus it's at 10 and a half. But I think it'll move to 10 here. Um, Chicago minus 10 Terrell. What do you think of as a host, uh, the San Antonio Spurs? No, I'm not laying 10 points with Chicago. <laughs> I wasn't laying 11. I got, I got down on it at 11. I wasn't laying 11. I'm definitely not. Well, I'm not definitely, but I'm not laying 10 either. Ultimately, we understand what this Bulls team has been. They're the complete polar opposites of what they were last year, and they've shown it. They played the good teams really, really well, yep. and they have allowed the bad teams to do whatever. Now, they have corrected and righted that ship over the past three matchups with sub-500 teams. I think they're 3-0 in those matchups. With the One is a back-to-back. Not well, not a back to back, but a recent game against the Hornets where they were able to get some revenge on them after they blew it on the road. Ultimately, I, I don't trust the Bulls in this spot to cover this number. Like, if I get Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones, or if even if I get one or one or the other, mm. I I think that of course the Spurs team is tanking, but they're I think that they're gonna they can be scrappy, and it's just I don't trust the Bulls sitting here and saying they're definitely gonna win this game by double digits. Like they do not get up for these small teams like they don't get up for these tanking teams these teams at the bottom of the league especially if you you look at it you have a team that's at the bottom of the league and in the opposite conference and then you don't forget you still have some people on that team that were teammates with DeMar DeRozan yeah that DeMar DeRozan you know 
ship picked up his stuff, left town, and said, hey, no, I like my chances. I want to go compete for a championship, and I feel like I can do that with Chicago. Like, there's still some of that people around. And it's like, all right, like, you know, you see DeMar DeRozan on the other side of court, you're like, all right. Like we gone, and then you got Greg Pop, who knows who Demar Derozan is, and he mm. knows the best way to guard him. And here's the looks that we're gonna give him. And now we just gotta worry about slowing down Zach Levine, who's been playing really, really good recently. Vucevic has fallen off a cliff recently, so I don't know. I'm not really a high outlook for this Bulls team, but I don't think that this should be ten. I think that's way too many points. I thought that this was gonna be more of like maybe seven six and a half seven i didn't think it was going to be 10 so i'll take the extra point of points of value for sure give me the spurs sprinkle on the money line as well because again it's the bulls against a 500 team you never know yeah against the 500 teams this season uh 12 and 13 against the spread only 13 and 12 towards the over but straight up they're only 12 and 13 against uh 500 teams so far this season so like what what is that like and yeah. i know i think people are are gonna hear that and like well those are pretty like you're they're basically right there like it could go one way or another it shouldn't go one way or another with the team that's under 500 and it's bad you should be destroying those teams yeah, I think the one thing that sticks out, sticks out is that they're twelve and thirteen straight up. Now, I'm not even talking about this, but both straight and us, uh, both the you have a losing record up. straight up. Yeah, and then that's plus the three wins in a row that you got again. Who are the three teams that they just beat that was under five? Uh, right now? One, is the, one is Magic, the one is the Magic. Yeah, the Magic Hornets just and beat the Magic. Oh, are Blazers sub five hundred. I didn't even count the Blazers in that. My bad. Okay, so yeah, throw the Blazers in there too. But so yeah, the Hornets. Blazers, Magic, and then you lost that, and then you lost that game against the Hornets the first time around. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You, they, they're turning it on better against these teams. So we'll see if the maybe they'll be able to get it done because they're playing them a lot better this year. But that's not a good stat to have. Like that is not a good stat to have at all. Yeah, this is one of been one of the rules or one of the I think systems that you can say for this season is that back the Bulls against. Good teams this season or teams above 500 yeah. and then kind of take the points. If you played below every 500. team under 500 on the money line, you are up so much yeah. because you are getting points in all of those matchups and you have a 13 and 12 record. So yeah. like you're up so much already. It's crazy. I, I just don't, I don't think the bulls are all that matchups. Uh, thoughts on the total here. Terrell opened up at 238. It's still around 238 in this game, but do you have any thoughts there? Um, non-conference over so you still always have that's a very good system match and it looks like there's a lot of people that are betting the under in this one let me go and pull up what they're both do to in the non-conference uh here i got it if you want me to okay go ahead uh non-conference games for the spurs they 12 and 6 Yep, twelve and six in the non-conference, and Chicago's eleven eleven and six. So I mean, you got eleven and six, twelve and six. You have, I mean, it's a lot of points. Normally, you want to catch those non-conference games in the two twenty-two to two thirty range. Like that's kind of where you find you get the best hits in that range. So, but it's a lot of points. I see people on the under. Both system, they're both really, really good to against the non-conference to the over. Why not non-conference over? I'll take over on this one. Yeah, earlier matchup this season in no, sorry, in San Antonio, one twenty nine, one twenty four final. Uh, Spurs actually won that game uh, against the Chicago Bulls. Um, that that game produced two hundred fifty three points. All right, let's get over to some player props in this game. If anything, Terrell, what do you like? All right, I mean, we're getting overs. 
And what's on my sheet here? So we have overs and we have the freaking Spurs who can't guard anything against the three, yeah. giving up 43.2%. So Zach Levine threes may be a look. Maybe Io DeSalmo too. Like you could get something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But on the other side of the ball, I'm looking for the people that are actually able to get their own shot. And that's Kelvin Johnson. Kelvin Johnson is able to play that I'm playing Kelvin Johnson. Uh, I like Bates stop. I like Bates stop and his ability. I, I'm not going to bet him, but I just like him as a player. And we'll see. Maybe Jakopoldo can give it to Vucevic down low, clean up a bunch of boards, and be able to get some easy points down low. But for me, it's Kelvin Johnson. If Kelvin Johnson plays, then I like him to go off. Yeah. Um, and Sochan has a couple of 20-point games this season as well. been playing a lot better recently. Is he yeah. in? He's out he's in. for this game, he's though. Yeah. yeah, he's out. I think the popular play in this game is probably going to be DeMar DeRozan going up against his former team. I mean, he's had pretty good numbers since he joined Chicago against the Spurs, 32, 40, and 33 mm-hmm. um, against them. I think his number right now is at, I think I saw at 25 and a half uh, for DeMar DeRozan. Again, like you mentioned, they really just can't guard anybody. Uh, another sneaky play, I think, in this game here, probably the, uh, the center for the Spurs, uh, Jakob Hurdle. Yeah, I uh, just saw Jakob Hurdle. Yeah, he he's. I think he can have a good game here. I think that I, if him. I if I looked at the bot score and it was twenty and ten, and he was like some seven or eight from eight or eight <laughs> of nine from the field, like got a, just a bunch of easy dump offs and looks. Especially Vucevic, who can get really lackadaisical on the defense of it. Like it looks mm-hmm. like he's just looking for the rebound instead of actually defending anybody. Yep. I think he could have a pretty solid day here. So Jakobertel definitely could be that extra piece that the Spurs need just to stay in this game. For the last five games, he's had 20 or more points against the Spurs. Um, against the Bulls? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Against the Bulls. Uh, thanks for correcting me. Um, for the last five, he's at, he's at 20? Yeah. Earlier this season, the matchup, 21-13. Uh, go back to last season, 13-9, and nine, but then he had 21-11, and 20-9, and 20-16, and 16-13. And so for the last five, 20-plus. Okay, so I didn't look that up. That was just gut handicapping by me thinking Jacoperto was going to have a good game. Holy crap. 20? Yeah, and I currently see his number at 12 and a half here tonight for his points. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? Oh, man. Damn. I'll see if you can find that ladder for him. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it on one book. Maybe look on another book for his 20 plus here tonight. Yeah, why don't you look at the round, and then I'll, I'll get to the next game here Yeah, uh, for the night. All right, let's get over to the next game. It's probably be a quick one here. The Houston Rockets are going to welcome the Sacramento Kings to town. Um, I know Sacramento did play last night in New Orleans. Uh, let's look at the opening line for this game. I'm currently seeing the Sacramento Kings are a five-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Total open about 233-and-a-half. That number has pretty much stayed the course at 233-and-a-half. Looking at the injury reports uh, for the Rockets, uh, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. continues to be out. Uh, Garrison Matthews is questionable here tonight for the Rockets. Like I mentioned, Sacramento did play last night, so their injury report's not out yet. De'Aaron Fox did not play in that game yesterday. Uh, but last night, I believe the Kings just got their doors blown off by the mm-hmm. um, by the New Orleans Pelicans. Now they travel very short road trip from New Orleans to Houston here tonight. Um, let's call it minus five and a half here, Terrell, for the Sacramento Kings in Houston here tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's a little solid, eh, decent trend at the very least. Since 2013, away favorites who 
got blown out by 30 the night before, and they're on a back-to-back, you know, go on the road. So they're playing a back-to-back road set where they were on the road the first game, on the road the second game, and they're favored in the second game after getting the breaks beat off of them by 30, 7-3 and three straight up, 6-4 and four against the spread, 3-6-1 and one to the over. So trending to the under, you think – yeah, they play a little bit better defense this time around and make sure that they don't get completely embarrassed. And then you're giving them a lot of credit, making them a favorite after getting embarrassed like that. So, yep. I, I mean, it, it seems pretty straightforward here for me and take the Kings. I'm not trusting anything the Rockets are doing right now, especially with as many pieces that are out for them as possible. Like, it just seems like the Rockets are like, all right, we're going to go out here. We're going to compete, but we're fine if we lose this game. So I'm going to go Kings here to get a bounce back win. I think it's going to be the third matchup already between these two teams. Sacramento just has blown the doors off of the Rockets in both of those games, 135-115, and then 139-114 in those games. So I watch the Rockets team every single night. It, it, it's just there's going to be changes coming for sure in the uh, in, in the in the offseason, uh, I think especially at the coaching position. But, um, yeah, I'm with the Kings here on back-to-back situations this season. Uh, Sacramento, they are only three and four against the spread, but again, I don't think uh, the guys played a lot of minutes last. And night. they're really good as road favorites. Yeah, seven and four, right uh, against the spread for the Sacramento Kings. So I'm there with you on the Kings here tonight. Uh, thoughts on the total here? It's currently sitting at two thirty-three and a half. I mean, the trend says take the under. I can't take it. I I can't. I mean, I can't. Do you think do you think the Rockets are gonna put anything together offensively? I think the pace I dig this game here, but again, the Rockets for whatever reason still aren't playing with pace. I know Sacramento, I'm not sure if De'Aaron Fox is gonna be back here tonight. I know he's been out because he had the birth of his yeah. uh, child. He is from the Houston area. I don't know if he does show up for this game and maybe, you know, goes a he was out he was up. hurt before he before the birth of his child. He was hurt too, right? Yeah, so I'm not sure if he'll be playing here tonight. Um, I think the probably the best pitch role probably is King's team total over. Mm-hmm. Even without Fox, I still think they can put up points against this Rockets team, and they did it in the two matchups in their home games where they put up 130 plus. Is Sabonis still at eight and a half? Uh, I was looking at his triple assist tonight. Assist? No, but so I've been. I saw some the other day, and I played it, and it cashed. But Sabonis really hasn't been getting those assists with Fox out of the lineup. Like he he's been under eight and a half, which is crazy. I think it was so. I think it every game. I think every game he's played without De'Aaron Fox for that Kings team, he has not gotten over eight and a half assists. And it looks like the books have picked up on it because now the number is sitting at I see uh, under seven and a half at minus one thirty eight. So it looks like they picked up on it, but. He hasn't, like, De'Aaron Fox has been one of the people he's gone to to get a bunch of assists, and he hasn't been able to do that without him in the lineup and all the attention being on him. So uh, just something to think about, something to consider if you're, uh, you know, and it may, he may buck this trend and go for a triple-double, and this is increasing your triple-double price on a player that you're not going to get that increase on. Like, he's normally, look, he's at plus 360 now, so it's kind of the same. But I think, you know, he's probably 3-1 to one around normally. So you're getting a couple of cents extra. But, yeah, I, I would just be weary. The assists have not been there. He hasn't gotten over 8.5 once with uh, De'Aaron Fox, Fox out, of out of the lineup. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the two matchups this season uh, against the Rockets, um, 
almost triple. Well, he had one triple double for sure, 19, 15, and 16. And then he fell one to short in that first game against the Rockets, where he had 25, 14, and nine. So mm-hmm. maybe Bucks that trend, like you said, here tonight against this Rockets team. Um, again, just not very good defensively. Any other player props in this game? I mean, if we're talking triple double, Shangun is one yeah. that I'm looking at for triple double just because yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, Kings still not the best defensive team, giving up 116 points per game. So I know we're talking about we're on the under, but if Shangun is able to facilitate the offense and the Rockets can stay remotely interested in this game, mm-hmm. he can pick up those 10 assists. And then I think we both like him to get the 10 points and 10 rebounds rather easily. So 16 to 1 for Shangun, triple double today. Yeah, yep. I'll take it. He had a 10 10 10 game against the Kings. Um, in a matchup earlier this season. So I think and he's re- minus one ten for a double double. Why no play that. Play that yeah, now. Double double. That triple double is a fun play. Play that double double. Minus one ten. Yeah. That's uh, that's solid odds for Shangun, who it's gonna be him and Simonis. Like it's gonna be him and Simonis fighting for rebounds. You're not really concerned about anybody else. Uh maybe you can make an argument for Keegan Murray, but he's not even in that position to get the mm-hmm get the rebound just how they're playing. So, and I'm interested to see how Keegan Murray and Jabari Smith match up against each other and play against yeah. each other in this game. So, but yeah, no one minus one time. Yeah. I like that for sure. Double, double for Alfred Shingun. Yeah. You don't need to sell me on Shingun props. He, he they, they finally running the offense through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had no choice. Everybody else yeah. was out. Yeah. It was I missing. They were missing Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Jabari Smith for a game. They have to. <laughs> yeah. Shangun, I see a 17 to 1 for his triple double, if you're interested in that. And then Sabonis, I see a 4 to 1 here tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah for so. his. So, yeah. Uh, anything else for this game? No, I'm good. All right. Let's go. We still got three games to get through here. Let's go to the Dallas Mavericks in Utah here tonight to take on oh, the Jazz. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we have an opening line of this game, minus five and a half. The number's all the way up to minus nine for the Utah Jazz. Um, total open by 221. That number's sitting at 222 and a half. Injury report for this game for the Dallas Mavericks. Davis Bertans will be out. Luca will be out for this game. Maxi Kleba out. Christian Wood is questionable here tonight with a left thumb fracture. Um, and then obviously Spencer Didwitty and Dorian Finney-Smith are headed to Brooklyn. Um, not much to say here for Terrell. He's already going to be on the Dallas Mavericks here tonight. Plus the nine, Terrell. I see nine and a half. Yeah, Plus I see nine, yeah, and nine and a half starting to pop up. Let's break on the 320 money line. Look, so one, it's not just because I have a great system play that's still going because the Hawks were able to get a win as a plus one and a half point dog at, on the road. So again, trend still going. We're still we're still there. But think of the mindset of the Dallas Mavericks players. You're feeling very confident in your team going forward with Kyrie Irving and Luka. Now we know Luka's out because of the heel. Yeah. But you're feeling very confident. But now guess what? It's open season somebody's got to step up and prove, all right, I need to secure my place because guess what? One, two, three is filled. Top three spots on the team are filled. They need rotational pieces. They need people that are going to play defense. They need people that are going to hit open shots. And now's the opportunity for that bitch, 
for the people that aren't even getting many minutes on the bench that are trying to make themselves look good for trade material because you have two sides of this coin. It's the people that are trying to look good to stay on the team and it's people that are trying to get look good to get traded so they can play more somewhere else. So, so many angles for the Mavericks of why their C squad would get up for this game. I um, can't argue against what you're saying. Look, I, and, Dallas. and we seen we seen the jet the Jazz. They let teams hang in the game. So yeah. I mean, I think the Jazz blew the brakes out of them when Luca was out the first time. Mm-hmm. But this, I don't know. I just this Utah team does not like to just pull away from games that they should clearly and obviously win. And you might have a situation here where you can get some value on the Mavericks and see some players. Josh Green, maybe, to just mm-hmm. step up and be able to score the basketball. Yeah, I'm going to see if Christian Wood does play here tonight. I think that he can have a big game uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, with you know, with so many guys being out, Luca. we talked about the trade with no more Spencer Didwitty and guys like that. So um, they did match up in Utah earlier this season. Uh, Dallas, sorry, Utah won that game by eight points. Uh, did I, Let me see if Luca played. Is that, the, is that the recent one? Is that the one that's recent? What's the date on that one? Uh, yeah, that was the most recent one on January 28th. Yeah, that's the one that Luca wasn't playing. and they yeah. so, so they still didn't even – no, they didn't even cover that. I think they did cover because that line was seven. So I think okay. that line was seven, and they got eight, and they covered it. And I was sitting, I was like, damn. But it's still – they let them hang around the game. They mm-hmm. let them hang around. Like, yeah. so I don't know. We'll see, but I don't trust the Jazz to pull away ever. So, uh, Thoughts on the total? Two twenty-two and a half. I kind of want to go. I, I feel like if Dallas go. covers it, it's probably going to go under. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's an under game, but I mean, dog, it's the NBA where everybody can make shots. Like, and if yeah. the Jazz let them make shots, they're going to they're going to make shots. So, um. Especially like a player like Josh Green, man. Like if Josh Josh Green has been solid, he's been solid this year. If Josh Green can have a really good game here, like that even more implements his status as the next man up on that bench with all these players gone. Like he's mm-hmm. the next man up that's gonna be able to contribute. Listen to this. He's fifty five point three percent from the field, forty one point three percent from three. What is his free? I got to find his free throw percentage because he might be technical. I mean, of course, you know, nobody's going to look at him as a 50, 40, 90 guy because he doesn't play a whole bunch of minutes. But mm-hmm. when he gets out there, he's shooting 55% from the field and 41% from three as a guard. That's yeah. really, really good. 55% from the field as a guard is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, don't see any player props for him yet. I only see. Oh, he's probably not going to be. I mean, I don't think anybody from. Uh, I only see. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. right now. Yeah, and I think that's and that's out there. I think that's a trick by the books. Like they're putting Tim Hardaway Jr. out there. Like, oh, that's the only guy that's a really true starter. He's gonna automatically go off or anything like that. I'm looking at Josh Green, man. I think Josh Green can have a game. If you even look at his past couple of games, Golden State, he had 12 points. He was five for 12 from the field, but 12 points, seven for 10 from the field against New Orleans for 15. You know. It, and this is with people in the lineup. Like these are people ga- games with people in the lineup that he's able to do something. So I- I'm still trying to find his free throw percentage. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. I'm about to pull it up for Josh Green. Hold on, it's right here. I got it. What is he? Is he a 98 from the field? 
Is he 90? 70. No, that's 70. 71.2. Oh, dang it. I would have loved for him to be one of those. But anyway, still shooting 55%. Even if you go back to last year, he was 50% from the field last year. Like, this is a guy that can shoot the basketball. And I just feel like he's going to get a disrespected number because, one, everybody assumes it's going to be Hardaway Jr. Two, nobody thinks the Mavericks are going to be in this game. If Josh Green has a 20-25 piece, something crazy, Mm-hmm. Not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Yep. Uh, anything else for this game? I didn't have Not. much. I'm good. I mean, all of course, right. you know, uh, on the other side of ball, I like Walker Kessler to have a really good game down low. Yep. I don't think there's any presence. Uh, Dwight Powell, I don't think you're going to have a big presence from anybody on the Mavericks side. And, of course, Laurie Marketing. you know, I expect him to have a game. He's got a size advantage. He's got the matchup against this uh, Mavericks team. So I expect the same players, same players that you're always banking on for the Jazz. I think that they're going to do the same things, but it's more of the Mavericks. That's the, the value side because it's such a big underdog and somebody's going to have to score. You can get some real value up there. I'm almost positive when his numbers drop, I'm going to have a Josh Green ladder out there. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. Two games left here. We got the Oklahoma City Thunder in uh, the Bay Area here tonight to take on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, This line opened up in favor of the Golden State Warriors, minus four and a half. Uh, That number's been bet down now. Starting to see some minus three and a halves pop up. Total opened up at 237 and a half. That number's been bed down to 234. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Golden State Warriors, obviously Steph Curry is going to be out for at least four weeks. That was a report this morning at minimum uh, for Steph Curry with a leg injury. And then Andre Iguodala is also going to be out for this game. But everybody else is a go for the Golden State Warriors. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Lou Dort uh, still is dealing with a right hamstring strain, and then Pokushevsky and Jeremy uh, Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Robinson Earl uh, are, are both going to be out for this game as well. Um, Terrell, let's start with the side here: minus three and Ooh. a half for the Golden State Warriors. Oh man, my skin's crawling. Ah, um, extremely itchy. Like, uh, it's that public dog fleas has just got all over me. I can't stop scratching right now. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, I got to take a shower. I got to get some uh, bug spray, something like, oh, it's all over me. I could feel it just crawling all over me. Nasty, disgusting fleas because everybody is betting OKC in this game. Oh my gosh. There's so many people betting OKC in this game. And I just want people to know that OKC is playing against the Warriors at home. So we already know Warriors at home. They're playing against the Warriors at home. Tomorrow night, they are playing against the Lakers, where LeBron James can potentially grab the the scoring record. Mm -hmm. Do you not think they're looking into that? Like they're not looking forward into that game. That's the only game that anybody has been talking to these players about for the past few weeks when it's been pretty obvious that it's going to be either OKC or Milwaukee. The only game, the only game. I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. He can't do it alone. This is a young team. They are on social media. They are in the meet. They're in the news. They're, this is all anybody's been talking to them about. LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. And now you're telling me there's no Steph Curry in this game? You're, the Warriors are going to get up. The Warriors are going to get up without Steph at home. We've seen them and how they've been at home with that stuff before. 
So I think that this is a perfect spot to bet the Warriors where the Warriors are just going to go do what they do and get Thunder out of there. Just get the Thunder out of there. There is a talent gap between, between these two teams, even with Steph not on the court. There is a talent gap. And yep. you, add the, you add the piece that, again, the Thunder are playing against LeBron James, who's going for the scoring record tomorrow night. They yep. are like, this is this is a letdown spot. Whether you want to admit it or not, this is a letdown spot for the Thunder looking forward to going to Staples Center where LeBron James could potentially score 39 plus points on them. Hey, you take a look at the history between these two teams, between the Thunder and the Warriors. The Warriors have lost, sorry, the Thunder have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games against the Warriors. And again, I know no Steph Curry or tonight, but I think, like you mentioned, there's still a talent gap between the Warriors and the Thunder. They've lost those, every single one of those games by at least 15, or sorry, double digits, except for the last one where they did cover. Uh, did the OKC? No, actually, they didn't because that was in OKC. No, I was about to say I remember betting that game. <laughs> yeah, they're only like what a th- five and a half point favorite. It was like five or, and a half. Yeah. It was like five, five and a half. <laughs> yeah, so they still ended up covering that game. I know Steph Curry had a big game in that game, but I think you're back at home where we know the Warriors have been a lot better. Thunder have been great at on the road. I mean, they've been one of the better road teams this season, if not one of the best. They're fifteen nine and one against the spread, fifteen five and one. Uh, against uh, the spread as a road underdog, but Golden State at home, I don't, uh, even without Steph Curry, you still have Clay out there, you still have Draymond, Jordan Poole is going to be in that starting lineup, Kevon Looney is not going to be in that starting lineup going forward for them as well, especially guys off the bench, right, I think there's going to be a spot for Jonathan Kaminga to step up in the absence of Steph Curry, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, he's having a great season this far uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, Golden State Warriors, so at this short of a number, uh, the, the history between these two teams, I'm going to go with the Warriors here too, man. Minus three and a half. If this number continues to come down, Terrell, we might be able to get a minus two and a half. And uh, I don't think they're going to drop it anymore. Like, I, I think this is a great knockout spot for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, get over to the total here. Any thoughts on that at 234 right now? Yeah, I, I still go with the over. I think okay. the Warriors are still going to put up their points. And uh, – OKC has been really, really good scoring in basketball the last five games, too. Actually, these two teams are one and two in terms of points per game. OKC mm-hmm. being two, Golden State being three, and 23 and 24 in terms of opponents' points per game. Again, OKC 23, Warriors 24. So I think there's opportunity to see a lot of points here. I think yeah. that this, you will, like, I think the Thunder are probably going to get out early just mm-hmm. because Shea won. Shea is really, really good in that first quarter. He's able to score. I think it's – I don't know how many times. I just feel like I've seen him with 10 points in the first quarter already. So I think that they'll be able to get out a little early in the games. You know, Warriors can kind of sleepwalk in the beginning of the game. Yeah. But when you get to that second half, like I just think the Warriors are going to turn it on. It's going to be all over. So yeah, uh, I'm, I like the over here. I think that we're going to see plenty of points. Yeah, and both of these teams, are they play at a very high pace, right? Uh, Golden State number one as far as uh, pace. Uh, Oklahoma City th- n- number three as far as pace goes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that yeah, we got to stay with the over here and see what uh, what they'll look like. I know Steph Curry has missed some time before, but I think that these guys will step up here tonight uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, any player props for looking at this game? I think probably the auto better by Shari know to make without Steph Curry, just take the pull over on his turnovers. Yeah, and there's an auto bet that people may not know about, but happy birthday Oh. Von Looney, 
Happy birthday, Kavad Looney. He is playing on his birthday today. And Kavad Looney has been straight on his birthday in the history of the league. He's played against the Thunder in 2018. He had six and five in 14 minutes. Think of Kavon Looney in 2018 and his role on that team. I'm pretty sure if Zaza Pachulia was still there, or mm-hmm. like, or maybe that was Bogut, but they still had a big that they were using, and Looney was coming up. Six and five in 14 minutes is pretty damn good. And then <laughs> the next year he played against the Spurs in 18 minutes. He had 10 and four. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. I you know, birthday games sound good. All on paper is just more waiting and see it actually happen. But we'll see. Uh, I, I've seen a nine and a half for his rebounds prop out there already. I don't know where that's come from because he never his rebounds prop is never nine and a half. Even when he's starting, it's not nine and a half. And I don't even know if it's a guarantee that he's in the starting lineup today. Like he, they may so, just keep him off the bench. No, so Steph, I'm sorry, uh, didn't want to interrupt you, but Steve Kerr did say that going forward, Kevon Looney will be in the starting lineup. All right, so he's in the lineup. Okay, so he'll have the opportunity. I think that, uh, I don't know, I think they're really chipping with nine and a half. It's norm- he's normally at like eight and a half, even if he's in the starting lineup. But okay, a little less price, but double double still sitting there at plus 320. Mm-hmm. That's there. That's there for the taking. Uh, points prop is at seven and a half. That's there for the taking. I think that you have, you know, easy looks down low get some dump offs and be able to, you know, he can run in transition too. So he may be able to run in transition and get some easy, uh, get some easy looks at the basket. So we'll see, but I'm, I'm on uh, loaning today. I'm playing his double, double. I'm going to find some type of way of playing his points or rebound prop depends on what I see closer to game time. The numbers are looking at, but yeah, Kevon Looney might be a double, double candidate on his birthday, especially with how this, uh, the size of this Thunder team and how they've been able to give up rebounds to the opposite team and the pace of this game. Pace mm-hmm. means more misses, more misses mean more rebounds. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue against that. Um, I would be looking at maybe some Dante DiVincenzo props in this game. Um, I think another going to sneakily grabs a lot of rebounds. Yeah, he's been really good for this uh, Warriors team um, this season coming off that bench for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had double-digit points in back-to-back games for the Warriors 13 and 14. He's able to, been, uh, able to knock down three-point shots for them as well. And I think that's going to be a guy that that's going to be key here in the absence of um, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, for the foreseeable future, at least for at a minimum of four weeks. He's also a guy that gets a lot of steals as well. He's had two plus steals in three out of the last five games. He had three okay. steals in a prior matchup against a, a lot uh, of pace to see turnovers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I want to see what his steals prop is for tonight. Let's see here. Uh, steals for Dante. Let's see. It's got to be like one and a half at a good plus price. Yeah, one and a half plus 180. Yeah. I could get behind that for sure. Uh, any other player props for this game, Terrell? No, no. I'm. I mean, you know, Shay. I think Shay's always candid to go off. So I'll never, never, yeah. ever not doubt anybody for taking a Shay prop, especially because no matter what they set the number at, he just finds different ways to get there for the most part. So, and did you see? I mean, you watch all the Rockets games, so I know you saw, mm-hmm. but. You know, he likes his his liquor, 42 on the rocks, three quarters of the way full. So, you know, solid, solid. That was like top three caption I've ever seen. Got to be top three caption. Yeah. Uh, Some of the guys pointing out in the chat as well, Nick, uh, some books have a player to score the first free throw prop. 
usually around plus 220 for SGN, catching around 65%. It makes um, sense. Yeah. He gets to the free throw line a lot. And then Jake yeah. uh, chiming in as well. Josh Giddy uh, rebounds and assists 14 and a half. I like half. that too, with a lot of pace in the game yeah. and his ability to, to make plays, especially in transition. He's really good in transition. Yeah. Well, Plus 380 uh, for a double-double on uh, FanDuel for, I think, Looney. All right, last game of the night here, Terrell. We got the Milwaukee Bucks in Portland here tonight to take on the Blazers. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. Minus five. That number's been bet down to now minus four. Uh, total up at about 239. That number's been bet up to 242 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here. Uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is probable, and that is the only significant injury. And then for the Portland Trail Blazers, Dre, uh, sorry, Drew Eubanks probable here tonight. Gary Payton the second probable here tonight. Nurk is going to be out; he's dealing with a calf injury. And then Justice Winslow is also out for this game for the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, let's start with the side here, Trail minus four for the Milwaukee Bucks in Portland here tonight. <sighs> I have man it seems trappy. It does. It seems so trappy. It seems so trappy. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you said it. Because I want to just sit here. I wanted to just sit here and come on here and say, just go ahead, take bucks. Don't even think about it. Portland's been playing, blah, blah, blah. This, that, their third. But man, I know if you think about what the Bucks do well defensively, a lot of it is inside the paint. A lot of it is people that love to go towards the rim and they get a lot of blocks at the rim with Giannis and Brooke Lopez and all of that. But when you start playing them out on the perimeter, that's where you can you can attack them better. Like you can have a better chance with them and prefer to play them on the perimeter. Now, they're still good out there because this is a good defense regardless. Like they're still good out there. But last five games, 115.5, I mean, 115.2 points per game, that's a down that's a downturn for them they're normally under 110 for the most part any course of the season so if you have a stretch where they're not playing their best defensively and now you're giving them damian lillard who is on an absolutely heater and then you have anthony simons who looks like he's trying to turn it on a little bit more lately i i don't know i think they're gonna have some issues on the perimeter with that backcourt so I'm gonna take Portland plus four and a half, and I'm just gonna close my eyes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Giannis is just gonna have a big game here tonight. Obviously, right? Like, there's no front court presence for this Blazers team. I mean, Nark was there, but Nark is just so slow on his feet that he he gets into foul trouble, and you don't have him here tonight. I think is he's just gonna get whatever he wants as far as scoring the basketball. Uh, you take a look at his last couple games against Portland. Uh, earlier this year, 37 points, 29 in a matchup last season, 47 in a game prior to that. Um, and if Drew Holiday is matched up on Dame here tonight, we know that Drew well, is one of the better two-way defenders. I don't know. GP2 but- GP is probable. You said it. GP2 oh, is yeah, probable. That's true too. So you can – I mean, yeah, he's going to be on Dame, but – you can see some GP2 coming into the game and handling that matchup, especially and where it matters towards the end of the game. If this is a close game at the end of the game, do you think they're going to be afraid to set out three guards with Simons, uh, GP2, and Dame? I don't think yeah. so. So 
uh, just to be able to slow down Drew Holiday and just limit it to either Middleton, who's playing a lot more now, and mm-hmm. he's still coming off the bench, but he's playing more. And yeah, so I think that I, I just think that you're going to see points galore. I think it's points galore in this one. I don't think the Bucks can stop anything. And this could be a spot where Portland is able to get up for the game. And you'll see a lot of scoring out of that backcourt. And even some uh, Grant. Like, Grant might be able to have a good game in this one. So, I, I, I don't know. This might be – it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that more, more for plays what you just said there. I think we do see a lot of points in this game uh, between these two squads. Uh, Portland at home, defensively not been very good. Uh, Milwaukee, we know it can lapse on defense sometimes as well. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of pace going back and forth. I know Dame has just been on fire uh, as of late over the past couple of weeks. I think that just continues here tonight as well. So I think we'll see a lot of points inside the paint for the Bucks. I know they can three, show, shoot the three-point shot as well. Uh, and with the Blazers, um, you know, like you mentioned, Jeremy Grant, uh, Dame, those guys should should be able to score the basketball at will here tonight. And again, <laughs> it makes me nervous that there's no really presence inside for the uh, for the Blazers in this game, I think that again, I think Giannis just has a big game here tonight. I won't be surprised if he gets another forty piece here tonight. Uh, yeah, player props. I mean, we talked about him. I yeah. feel like we talked about him. Giannis, Dane. Uh, oh, probably look at the stars to shine. Yeah, that's why I really think it is. I think it's going to be a lot of those two, and then sprinkle in maybe some Simon's threes, and because Drew Holiday is going to be all over Dane. And yeah. so he's going to get Grayson Allen, you know, he, Simon should have a pretty, Simon should have a, a solid day. Actually, if you're getting Grayson mm-hmm. Allen majority of the time, you should feel very confident about that. So maybe Anthony Simons is the person we need to look to. And Anthony Simons has a really good matchup here. Uh, anything else for this game? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, before we get into our lock in dog, let me tell our listeners all about the contests that are happening for the big game. Uh, coming up this week. So two contests. Number one, the Big Game Bingo. Uh, Make sure to sign up on the SGPN app and get your own Big Game Bingo card full of all your favorite Big Game prop bets. And if you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catch is you must be subscribed to the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. In the second contest, the SGPN 57 Bets Challenge. In honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop contest of 57 prop bets. Make your uh, picks for the 57 different props. Winner will get $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. And remember, all of our contests are free to play and are exclusively only on the SGPN app. All right, Terrell, let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight. Look, Mondays have not been good uh, for me. I think we got to change the mojo a little bit. I'm going to let you lead it off here, man. We got to change the mojo. Oh, what? No. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. All right. All right. If you feel like that, you know, that's what you need, a mojo change, we can do that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're fine changing the mojo when I'm in a slump. I will definitely do that for you, my friend. So for my lock, simple and easy, give me going to state minus four. Don't even. I don't three and a half out we there. talked about it already. Like I, I think yeah. that this is a letdown spot. This is a huge letdown spot for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Public dolls have fleas, and you see over here, I'm scra- crawling and itching and trying to. I'm about to go take a shower because I'm over here faking like I got fleas, and now I'm actually really itchy, and that's not making me comfortable at all. So, uh, 
I, I can't do it. I love OKC to death. They're my guys. I love getting them on the road as dogs. Love getting them on the road as dogs. But too, too public here. Too public. They have fleas today. Golden State gets it done. Golden State minus four. All right. For my dog. Do I go with my guys? This is because uh, man, I'm on a lot of dogs with a lot of value. Detroit is calling my name at plus four seventy five. The Spurs are calling my name at plus three seventy five. The Mavericks are calling my name at plus 320. <laughs> All right. I'm going to finally settle down on, oh, my gosh. If I pick one and it's the other, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. I think you just give out a round robin of all three of those teams. See what yeah, happens. but I don't know. But I want the I want the <laughs> bragging rights of I said it. I said these guys are going to get it done. All right, when in doubt, fade Boston. Give me Detroit plus 475 for my official show, dog. But you know I'm putting Detroit, I'm putting the Spurs, and I'm putting – matter of fact, while you give out yours, I'm going to put it into a round robin. I'm going to put like $10 in there or something. I think All that's right. a pretty good number. And I'm putting Dallas. I'm going to make that round robin. I've given you the opportunity. Go ahead, sir. What are you doing? All right, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the well here. What's really worked for me? It's fading the Blazers in the, that first quarter. I think uh, T Bills double uh, A there hit the nail on the head. Bucks first quarter minus one and a half uh, over the last ten games. The the uh, Portland Trail Blazers at home are dead last in defensive rating at one thirty point six. They have a net rating of minus thirty one point two in that first quarter over the last ten games at home. You have Giannis who. Pretty much plays, I think, about close to nine of the 12 first quarter minutes. And what's really been working for them is Chris Middleton coming off of the bench. I know that eventually he's going to come back into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just feel like there's there's a huge gap right now. Over the last 10 games, Milwaukee number two in offensive rating, 123.2 on the road. Like I mentioned, Portland at home dead last as far as defensive rating goes. I think that Bucks come out ready to play here tonight. I think that they'll take advantage of that first quarter. So give me the Bucks first quarter minus one and a half. Okay. For my dog, I'm going to go over to a player prop, a double-double. We talked about in the Nets game uh, and the Clippers game. Zubach for a double-double here tonight is at plus 155. I think that both of yeah, those guys that's are – that's a lot of value for him. Is yeah. that too much – are they are they crediting Claxton a little too much for that? He's normally even money for a double-double. Yeah, and I think Cla- – let me see what Claxton is at here. Claxton is for a double-double – He's at minus 180. Okay, so that's what it's got to be. They're giving Claxton a little bit more of a bump. Yeah. And saying he's going to win the matchup. Yeah, and again, again, Zubac, we saw what he did in that earlier matchup this season, 16 points and 15 rebounds. Um, Again, we're just asking him to get 10 and 10 here. Uh, Prior matchup last year, he did have 9 and 9. I think that we talked about how the Nets are reeling a little bit defensively right now. Maybe they're a little demoralized about Mm – you know what's going on. Um, I think there's an opportunity for Zubac. I think he'll get some easy points here tonight around the basket, and then he should be able to get the rebounds here tonight as well. So Zubac double double at plus one fifty five for my dog here tonight, Terrell. All right, you got that round, also, round robin. Yeah, round robin. 
I threw ten dollars in, three bets, get a total win of six hundred eighty-four dollars. So thirty dollar investment. If all three hit, that's six hundred eighty-four dollars in the round robin. And you know, you gotta sprinkle on the parlay of all three hitting. That's a one thirteen to one. So I mean, we've seen crazy things happen. <laughs> Excuse me. We've seen crazy things happen in the NBA. I really only need two to get a profit here. Yep. So hopefully any two of the big – those are the three biggest dogs on the board, by the way. So hopefully any two yep. of those three come in. Spurs, Mavs, and uh, Pistons. Yep. Right? Yep. yep. All right. Before we get out of here, I, I've been saying that we've, uh, we're going to be shouting out uh, everyone – that's been leaving us uh, reviews for the NBA gambling podcast. So we got two more that came in this weekend. One of these two is, is my favorite ones, but I'll go and read both of them out, of course. So the first one was from KJPGC5, and he left us a five-star reading review, or sorry, sorry, five-star uh, review. And he says, best NBA betting pod, period. And he says, listen to us every day. has made so much money, and it's not even funny. Um where we have great knowledge and I, and uh, he left us a five-star review. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. And the second one, the title is cowards. And oh, wow. he, leaves, he leaves us a five-star review and he says, and this is Brantley, uh, Brantley 10, if I'm saying that correctly. So okay. the, the title is cowards five-star review. He goes, only a coward would listen to this pod and not leave a review. These guys are awesome. Tons of great info. <laughs> Really helpful when trying to decide what to bet. Try listening to other gambling pods. Just could pay attention. Uh, sorry, these guys have a way of keeping you engaged the whole show. <laughs> so for those of you 46 watching right now, if you haven't left us a review, according to our good guy here, Brantley10, or maybe could be a female as well, you guys are cowards if you haven't left us a review. So we're going to start acknowledging our friends, uh, our listeners as cowards here, Terrell, if they haven't left us a room. Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Did Kobe write that? That sounds like something Kobe would say. Oh my it might gosh. be Kobe's burner. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like a burner account. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate y'all for the love. And let's get you your time back because we're rolling. Yeah, we've gone about a minute 40 here, obviously, with the Kyrie uh, news and everything. But Terrell, anything else we need to uh, mention before we get out of here, my man? No, no, I'm good. Let's go. All right, yeah, make sure to follow Terrell on uh, Twitter at ReallyWell underscore underscore. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. And if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, go ahead and do that. Just hit that subscribe button. And do us a favor, hit that like button as well uh, for the live stream here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow between myself, Scott, and Delante. So look out for that. Uh, Till then, good luck with your picks here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go.